Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne on Global Voice Radio. Join Roxanne Durhage and her thought-provoking conversations, the catalyst to live your life to the fullest. Absolutely. <laughs> Hi everyone, it's uh, Roxanne Durhaj with Authentic Living with Roxanne. Today I have a very special guest and um, it's Casper. Hi Casper, how are you? Hi, very well. Honored to be on your show. Okay, so Casper is my first uh, music uh, person, <laughs> so he's going to be, um, this is going to be an interesting interview. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Casper and Casper is going to fill in if I've missed anything significant. significant. Casper is a reggae and R&B uh, recording artist, and um, he, re he released 23 albums. Wow, that many. Um, internationally, So Hot, which is distributed by AMG and Universal Group. Um, you make it um, from the upcoming R&B album, Turn It Up. Um, you've uh, recorded with some uh, pretty high-level people, Coco T., Freddie McGregor and Chip Fu, is that yeah, it? Chip Fu. Okay, yeah. and, and you got the best uh, reggae song at the Ac Academia Music Awards in California for mm -hmm. one. Yeah, um, man, just... Wow, so you've done a lot and um, you've appeared on that channel.com yeah. show What's Up and the Nikki Clark show, which is where mm -hmm. I met you in 2007. Where we met. So thank you for being here. I don't know if there's anything. I know there's a lot, a lot more in there, but is there anything in your in your um, bio that you'd like people to know um, that you've missed? Yeah, the biggest one was um, I hit the Billboard magazine in 2007, team, and it was uh, Canada's 150th birthday. So my face got in there. So it was very nice because, you know, you, you, your face was up with Katy Perry, Justin Bieber, Drake, all of them, right? Of, of that course. That was my biggest because I've done a lot of independent magazines mm -hmm. through the years of reggae magazines, whatever. This is my biggest accomplishment and it's been my 10-year life goal to get into it. It's so. interesting. So you had you had that as a goal of something you I wanted did. to achieve. So you know what I I would like to know, and I you know obviously, and we're going to speak about the obvious. Um, <laughs> you're Canadian, um, and you're not coming from the Caribbean, and yeah. you're you're not you know you're sing, you're singing reggae yeah. um, and R and B, right? Which we yes. know that that's I'm sure that's the first thing you get asked when you get interviewed. So tell me what happens. Um, when you go out there and you talk about the fact that, you know, you, you, you sing in this, this arena, what, what happens? Well, do we start from the beginning or do you want to know what? You, you take me wherever you think is a good place to go, Casper. Well, um, back in the day in um, my hometown, the Jamaican handfuls would come up, pick tomatoes and apples, and I would have to learn their dialect, their patois, you know, as you have your own, right? Absolutely. And, and um, that's the only way I could communicate with them. But then once we communicated, um, I got a karaoke machine, cassette tapes were what we had at the time. We didn't have no CDs. No. Which 
makes us old here and I don't know how that works. Well, a, a wee bit, but we won't admit that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how long I've been in the game. Um, but what we did was we put on the karaoke machines and we um, recorded tape, dub plates, kind of tape things. And the Jamaicans were like, yo, you sound great. You sound like one of us. And that's when I realized I had it. Hmm. But then I kept practicing and practicing, rewinding, fast forwarding the tapes to learn what they were saying. Because you can't just get it at the beginning, you know, being a Canadian white dude, you know? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, boom, just came natural. And then the guy's like, you know what? You're great. When you, when you get, you should go to Toronto and pursue your career. And that's exactly what I did. I left with a demo and a dream. Mm. So where, where you said that little town, um, where were you from that you would, uh, it's, it was the farm, um, pe people that came up to work on the farm. So where, where were you? Uh, it's Picton, Ontario. Oh, you were in Picton. Okay. Cause I'm in Niagara and I know a lot of people come up uh, to work on the farms here also in Niagara. Exact same thing. Yes. right? So, okay. So you, prior to that, had you had any musical aspirations? Had you liked singing? Had you, you know, that's the funny part. In school, I sang in choirs somewhat, but when I hit high school and stuff, I didn't even do a music course. I didn't even get into music. It was just in me, just, just, I just was singing, but I didn't know what I was singing. You know, I would grab a old record or R&B record, a reggae record, and just put it all together. But I had no idea that I was building up for this. So tell me, the first time you actually got out there and sang, can you remember your first time when you got on stage? Or you got in, <laughs> I'm sure it's a long time ago, but I'm curious. What was that like for you? Well, let me, let me push it back once. We okay. brought, when I brought out my award-winning album, and at that time it wasn't award-winning, it was just an album. But what we did was we didn't put my face on it. Mm. We just put it as like a ghost. So people would think I was a ghost. So, but, so why I'm saying this prior to what I'm talking about is people were shocked when they saw the white dude get on stage. They're looking for the black guy. Right. Because the radio was playing the track when you wind it and going off crazy, but they had no idea I was white because I never showed my face in anything I did. Interesting. And I did it that way because I didn't want to be judged because back, back in that day, Nobody wanted to produce a white reggae artist. No one wanted to even promote a white reggae artist. We, I had it pretty hard. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, it's different. You, you know, you got rappers that are white. You got some reggae artists now that are white that are doing it. They might have had a hard time, no questions. But back in the day when I was coming up, black was black and white was white. It was a very kind of um, protective kind of thing. Yeah, I remember once I saw um, at Lamport Stadium because at uh, with Carabana because you know I'm Trinidadian. Yes. I went to um, watch the King and Queen band, and it was interesting because I get to tell you my reaction because I'm a Trini, obviously. You know, you know, Calypso since I could walk, and then there was a German guy, and he obviously was white, mm -hmm. and he got up there. And he sang a calypso and he blew us all away. And we were like, what the heck is this? But boy, was he good. So once he performed, everybody went, wow. 
you know, because you didn't expect it. Again, you, that expectation, right? Like for a particular kind of music, you expect, you know, if, if you're Calypsonian, you're going to, you know, be from Trinidad, you're going to be probably exactly. black or Indian, or if you're reggae or R&B, you're going to, you know, and really, I think music is from, I would say the soul. It's something that comes from you. Exactly. It's from the soul. You know, it's now the messengers of reggae music is coming from different races. You know what I mean? There's, there's the Jamaicans, of course. There's the whites. I mean, Guyanese, a lot of different ones. Even Trini are singing reggae music. You know what right, I mean? Absolutely. You got a, a blend of things for sure. Um, but it's funny you talk about Trinidad is I'm actually working with, I don't know if you know the name, Connector. He, I've heard of the name, yes, Connector, yes. We're doing a combination this year. Nice. It's going to be like a dancehall reggae soca style. So I'm actually pushing into the Trinidadian style too because I just finished doing an African interview, TV interview, and I'm pushing in the African side. I've already done the Jamaican, so now I'm just trying to go for the globe. Okay, nice. You sound, they say, yo, you sound great. You sound like one of us. Whether you're Jamaican or Trinidadian or, or uh, African, people are listening to me and they're like, you're so ethnic. That's why I'm doing the Bob Marley thing is because people say, you sound like Bob Marley. Right. You sound like the real deal. Now, I, yeah. uh, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit. Of, what I find interesting is, I did when I did my grad school. I actually um, focused on um, cultural diversity as one of my thesis, and we taught. I did a lot of courses on um, obviously, you know, the black culture in the U.S. And they talked mm -hmm. a lot about obviously uh, where where things like uh, rap came from. Exactly. And um, with with reggae, I'm going to tell you what I know about Trinidad. I'm sure you know probably know more about the origination of calypso than I do, but with rapping, obviously, initially it got started and, you know, um, and there's different terms that I, I had learned back then that people, when, when it, it came out of something, obviously that adverse, but something beautiful came out of it, which was music. So people couldn't, obviously the slaves couldn't talk. Um, so the masters could understand. Um, so they kind of developed a, a way of being able to communicate so only the other slaves would understand what they were saying. And then out of that kind of came the art form eventually um, of rapping. Now, my understanding of reggae is not so good. So you tell me about what, what you know about reggae or, you know. Well, it's funny because a lot of people think hip-hop was generated by just hip-hop. The roots of hip-hop is reggae music. Mm. Biggie Small is one of the biggest hip-hop artists. He comes straight out of Jamaica. I didn't know that. You know what I mean? So it's all influence. And now we can even go as far as this. This is crazy. Country music and reggae are close. Because acoustic version, acoustic version. Oh, it, okay. And a lot of reggae artists, same thing, do a lot of country crossovers. If you notice, a lot of reggae artists, even probably Trinidadian artists too do a lot of covered songs. Yes, they do. Yes. You know, so that genre, but the hip hop comes from the reggae. So it's all in, it, it's all in one. So um, the creation of, of reggae music is a very strong music, not only because of the, the, the instrumental 
instrumental in the production, but the message behind Reagan. So let's talk about the message, because I think that's the important part, I think, um, that a lot of people don't know. Um, you know, I, th I think, unfortunately, on, on sometimes what's on the radio, you hear a lot of, you know, swearing, oh, swearing, and, you know, um, putting down of women, you know, women, those type, all the things that we're against, right. So with reggae, tell me kind of the core of, of the messaging that a lot of reggae music is about. Because a lot of times, you know, I know I'm Trinidadian, I can get the slang and I can, I still miss it. Tell me what's, what's the content of a lot of songs that you've written or the ones that you know? Well, what I've written is a lot of Jaja tunes, like God tunes, to inspire um, the youth. So it's basically, forget about me right now. Let's go Bob, let's go Peter Tosh, let's go Gregor Isaac, let's go Coco T, Fred McGregor. They all have a certain message and it's a just message. You know, save the people, save the slaves from Africa, whatever. But it's more of a, a message to the government and the leaders of Babylon, which is Babylon, is the government from, is, that's their name in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. so it's that inspiration saying, we don't need to be slaves no more. We don't need to live in poverty no more. We don't, and that's the message that reggae music's trying to get across, I would expect, you know? So it's basically just inspiring the kids and the youths and the people to go on with their life with God, but also know that they can do it. Mm -hmm. And don't let Babylon, the government, say you can't do it, or the, the haters or the criticized people saying you can't do it. I know this through experience. I've been hated through this industry left and right. But the same people that hated on me are the same people that love me. So tell me about that, because that's hard, right? Yeah. Because, you, you know, when you're starting off in anything, um, you know, you know, you're, you, you have the passion, you know what you want to do. It's kind of like when I start to speak, it's kind of like, and then you're, you know, you're, you're, you know what you want to do. You know, you have to perfect you, your craft, those types of things, but you have to have a belief in yourself. When you went out there and you were like, you know, kind of judged because of what, when they finally saw you and stuff like that. Not kind of judged, judged badly. Yeah, not, judged badly. Yeah. yeah. So what? And it wasn't, it wasn't a judge for, because I wasn't good enough. People knew I was good. Okay. And the time I did it, I did an acapella and I killed the crowd, right? It was the fact of my skin color. Oh, okay, okay. Right? As you know, I'm white and you can see I'm white. But at the end of the day, to the fans that are out there and the audience listeners that you have here, I am a white reggae artist, a professional white reggae artist. Mm -hmm. But my soul has a black feel to it. Because mm. where my music comes from straight from the soul the heart so i don't believe that music has any color mm -hmm. in any genre right but our society says it does but we're here to change that and and i've i think i've done an amazing job with that because a lot of people respect me as yourself nikki clark all, everyone right actually nikki clark is the one that got me the karasava show Interesting. And I see she's, uh, she's so, doing some big things. Uh, yes. I haven't connected with her lately, which is amazing. So nice to see. She's doing amazing. And, you yes. know, and I root for her big time. Mm -hmm. But it's like, 
it's like they start to see not the color. They start to see, wow, this guy sounds like us. Mm-hmm. Not only does he sound like that in our music, but he speaks Jamaican. Mm-hmm. And that's where they get it. Because I remember having a conversation with a few people and say, yo, you sound you sound more Jamaican than me, and I'm Jamaican, you know? <laughs> it's weird, but that's the truth. You know, when I really start speaking Jamaican, I start speaking Jamaican. I w- when I was in the African interview, they had to tell me to slow down my vocals because they couldn't understand what I was saying because I was saying fast. Because sometimes I do that. But back to your your question is that, it, yeah, it was hard. It, like, the skin color was the key to it all, but... Um, after 16 years of hard, well, 20 years, we'll put it back that far. That's a long time. So how did you keep (laughs) connected to the passion for the music? Because I know when you're trying to do something that's different and you are doing something uh, different out there, right? You are, you know, you're not saying I'm going to go talk, you know, sing country and Western, or I'm going to, you know, do a, you know, you could, you could have picked a lot of different um, genres of music, but you picked reggae and you picked R&B. Okay, let, let me stop you at the pick. Like I tell everyone, it chose me. I didn't pick it. If that was the case, mm-hmm. I would have picked country. I would have picked rock. But okay. it, because I used to, I, when I first started out, I sang, I li- listened and sang um, soft rock. Okay. That's what I liked at the beginning. But reggae chose me. So when people say, um, did you pick it? I said, no, it chose me. And, and when you say it chose you? The spirit chose me. Like I, had to, I went to Jamaica at the age of 18, didn't know why I was really there. Yeah, I knew I sang reggae music, but I had no idea what level I would be on. So when I went to Jamaica at the age of 18, I went there and I cut a first dub plate, which is a, is a song. And everybody was amazed by it because they were like, yo, you're white, Canadian, but you sound like us. Again, yeah. Yeah. I went to Jamaica. And then all of a sudden, they took me in like a king. And I was, I was blown away because I was like, I'm no one. I'm just Ron Tuttle. I wasn't even Casper at that time. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah, yeah. But it's crazy how it works because... I've been there over nine times and for long periods stretched. One time I was there for two months. But it's like weird because you go down not knowing who you are. But after that ninth time, you go down like a king. You go down like Kester. You start performing with certain artists. You go down in studios. You work with Coco T, Freddie McGregor. It's like a dream come true because at the age of 13, I was listening to their music. Wow, interesting. So when you when you write, right? When you tell me, tell me what your creative process or do you have a creative like is it a particular way, is a time of day? You know, I know when I write, I have to, you know, there's certain things that I do and then if I know I'm not in flow, I just will I'll just pack it up if I'm trying and it's not well you're doing it right because once you're not in flow and it's up here. Yeah. Yeah. As so how do you how do you do it? How do you do it? How do you get your inspiration for your songs? Well, first the Almighty God, but at the end of the day, um, 
sometimes uh, <laughs> sometimes I'll wake up at three in the morning and that's my hugest time right there. I'll wake up three in the morning and write something down okay. and then and then uh, maybe even record a piece of it. That's the beauty of having your own studio, of course. You just walk downstairs or whatever and yeah. just jump on and yeah. Yeah. Well, mine's upstairs, but yes. Um, I jump on, I do my thing, and then I come back to it later and write the song. Sometimes the song can write in 10 minutes, sometimes the song can write in a week. It all depends what, what creativity is. You, you know that as a book, right? Mm -hmm. You don't, you get writer's block sometimes, right? But I have over, I'm thinking now internationally, as you heard the how many albums, I think I have 350 songs. Wow that I've written and produced, not just written. So you also produce your own music? Yeah, I produce not only my own music, but others too. Oh, you do? As part of my business. And do you produce other reggae artists and R&B or just different genres of music? Yes, yes I do. Okay, okay, genres. okay. Pop, R&B, reggae, sometimes some dance, maybe. Well, now this, we're gonna be producing soca, so. Oh, so if there's somebody's listening, right, and they're on a journey, whether it's a music journey or just, uh, you know, they want to do something different, right? And they, and they have that voice in their head. We all have it, right? You know. Well, I'll talk about that voice. Yeah, that voice that says, you know, who do you think that you voice are? Is amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. Scary, it can be a scary voice too because um, it's one that says, "Hey, do it." take away your fears and go for it, right? Right, right. And then there's the other part that says, oh boy, what if I do it? <laughs> exactly, there goes the doubt, right? Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's that, so what would you say to someone, whether they're, they're a beginning artist that maybe are tuned in today because they know you're gonna you know, be on the show or somebody kind of starting on a journey that they're, it's a big one and, and, and they're scared. What, what would you say to them? I'd say that's okay because being scared is key to success. People always say, yo, y'all gotta be brave and the best, but being scared can actually help you. Not scared enough for not to do it, of course, mm. but being at least nervous or scared is that inspiration of saying, okay, this is new and different. I should try it, mm -hmm. right? So what I tell most of you listeners or TV stuff I do, I say this, this is my slogan is, um, if I come up with an idea, it's just an idea at first. The fear steps in, the doubt steps in, as we know, the, the voices. But then you have to sit back and make a decision. Make the impossible possible, and then go and make it reality. And that's what I do. Mm -hmm. So yes, you can be scared, you can doubt, but once you pass that part of it, then you're on your way to success, to, to, to your goal. So that's what I would tell anyone because I always get that question for some reason. <laughs> but it's a powerful question because in business of any sense, that's just the way it is. Everyone can be scared and doubt at first because you're not sure if you're going to do it. I remember when I first recorded my first album here, When You Wind It, um, and I was terrified because I'm like, what are they going to think about me? How are they going to pursue, yeah. how, you know, what are they going to do? 
But the crazy part is I brought it out and I started in karaoke bars at first. Right, right. You know, back in the day. So you're one of those guys that would go to karaoke and everybody would say, oh, I'm not following him. <laughs> yeah, but what I would, exactly. But what I would, but what I would do is sing my own songs that I produced. Oh, wow. I switched it up. Right. And at first they didn't want that because they wanted us to sing their own, uh, theirs. But then I said, no, I want to sing mine. So I actually promoted When You Winded, my award-winning album for Dance Album of the Year, Toronto International. Um, I started in a karaoke bar. So again, back to what we were saying, don't be scared because there's always someone out there that's listening. It, the, the world's huge. But the problem with most people is they stay in a box. You know, they don't see the world and the globe and say, hey, whoa. And, in, and of course, you're scared of the, the globe because it's such a big world. But it's also a small world, if you notice, because you, you'll go to a meeting or you go to someone. Oh, I know you, but you could be in a different country. So the circle can be small, you know, but the idea is key. If you don't have the idea, then you don't have the goal. Mm -hmm. So it starts in your mind and then you get some... Um, yeah, in your bones and you get... Yeah, and then you're like, oh, no. I, I remember when I... Yeah, I just spoke in New York with Les Brown and, uh, you know, kind of getting there and I'm thinking, I'm going to be on stage with this, you know, one of the best what, in the world. What did that feel like? You know what well, I mean? you know, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest, right? So I was in a mass frenzy. I think I finally just slowed down a bit, so honestly, since December. And so I'm getting prepared and there was so much and my team was working hard and, you know, I was, I obviously had to practice and, you know, there was lots of things flying and obviously, you know, still doing other businesses and stuff like that. And I, I remember sitting and thinking to myself in the pressure of it, I said, you know, you could just stay on your little cul-de-sac exactly, and kind of lock up your house with your family mm -hmm. and not do any of that. I remember saying that to myself and I thought, this is just fear, which is normal because I'm making that big leap to get on with some of the best in the world. And what did that feel like? That's another thing. Cause I can, I can feel your, feel what you're feeling. Cause when working with my, the, the icons that I've worked with. Yeah. And then I'm thinking, wow, I'm up next and I'm listening to the first person. And what I did is I just went into the zone because I thought, okay, I'm just going to focus. Um, I've been practicing um, you know, nonstop. I know it's, it's, it's in me. Like you said, it's like you, when you, when you sing, and I've seen you sing, you just go into a space where it pours out of you. I think at times when I speak Casper, I don't know if this, I'm sure this is the case with a lot of artists also is I literally can't remember some of the things that I've said because mm -hmm. I, I get, I feel like it's a download from something bigger. It is. It's a spiritual download. It's a spiritual download. It's, it's, uh, I'm watching the interview, even this, probably this interview is the same thing, is you never can prepare yourself for an interview, a stage show or anything. It just comes naturally. You can, you can practice and you have to practice because that's key. Yes. But if you notice, even though you practice, it doesn't come out the same way you practice it. No. It comes out the way it's supposed to come out and the way the people take it in is amazing. Correct. 
Absolutely, because you get the you get the feedback after, and then you know you always think, oh, you know, did I miss this or did I, you know? And then you get yes. feedback from others, and then they go, you know. And I got some fantastic feedback from a lot of people in New York that I've since been doing business with, and they're like, this was it was inspiring. You were on, you know, you 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 your message was what we were needing for our company, those types of things. So you know, multiple events have come from it since. So you're right. It's it's it's. It, it, you know, your ego kind of says, oh my goodness, should you do this? And then you kind of, you know, and I'm, I'm, I, I'm, you know, in New York City and I'm looking around. What, what, and did, you, what did you feel like? Okay. So I felt, uh, what did you feel like when, when you sat back and said, oh my God, I'm really doing this. I, I, then I was, you know, once I got over that hump of, okay, you could kind of lock up your house and stay here with your kid. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, and then I'm in New York City and I'm like, I'm meant to be here. And that's how you feel, right? I'm meant to be here. This was in the plan all along. So I think mm -hmm. you're right. You get that anxiety and then you think, um, because again, another, you know, so many other things are expected of you, which you have to deliver. And I knew, I, I mean, I've always delivered, but again, every time you take a bigger leap, like you've obviously done in your career, it took something bigger out of me yet again. And then New York was the last one, um, that uh, happened and now I'm doing a big event with uh, bringing um, um, someone uh, that's a celebrity to speak um, in Toronto um, on um, mental health and mental well-being and addictions. Yes, in, in June. So again, that opportunity out of, um, you know, network and, it, and his name is uh, Brian Cuban, his, his brother Mark Cuban. Mm -hmm. uh, is you know kind of the one that's on Shark Tank and stuff like that, but oh, he's nice. one of the you know ones coming um, you know to Toronto. So you never know. You you have a good point. You're you're doing this. Um, this is all going to be all over, and you never know who's going to be listening that mm -hmm. might hear you or hear me and then want to connect yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. Well, I think that's the key. I think that's the beauty of social media. Now we didn't have that, right? Absolutely not. I mean, you know, you can go out and you can contact a celebrity. You can contact uh, anybody you want to contact nowadays. Back in the day, you have to go knocking on their doors. Right. And my opportunity for New York came from a social network connection um, and that I worked with for a while and then was able to, to finalize the deal to be able to go to New York. So you never you never know, but I think it goes back to the whole element is that you have to have a plan. Like you, first of all, you're right, have an idea. Mm -hmm. And then you have to know that you have this burning desire, even though you feel like, oh, can I do this? And you, you got, you got to step on it daily. You got to, you know, reach out, you got to connect, you got to talk to people. That's you gotta, the key. Cause for me, like I'm, I'm spiritually connected. That's how I work. Like I'm a spiritual man. You probably know that by now. Yes. That when I connect with someone, there's a chemistry there, but how I do it is it's kind of strange because the higher power says you got to connect with that person. Now, your fear can say, no, I don't. But usually you sit there and you can actually know who you can connect with because it just in you. You can say, okay, that person I know I have to connect with because it's part of your goal. Because, see, I talk about this. This is crazy. And you might relate to this. Is I believe life is like a video game. You know, you, you, you adventurous video game. You know how you 
do the wizard stuff in the video game. There's a wizard here, there's ghosts here, there's demons here. But yet the, the top of there is your treasure to get to the king or the queen, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to go through all these people. So I believe in life is the same way. You go through all the, me, you, Nikki Clark, whoever. We go through everyone until we get everyone we get something from. It can be a bum on the street, it could be the president, it could be anybody in the world. But we're we're made to get that key. Because every time that I get that key, I get to the next level. And I'm still trying to keep going to the top. You know? I'm yes. not gonna stop. But at least you connect, you know? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you get that one piece that you were missing. And that person might not even know they gave it to you. And that's a good, that's a good point. You're not, sometimes you don't know and you, you never know who along the way guides you or helps you. But sometimes you look back and you go, oh, wow, that was really significant. There was something there. Exactly. Right. And it may not have been somebody in, in a, a authority position or a power position. Sometimes it may be just that, you know, like, it's kind of like we met, a year and a half ago, I guess it is now. Yeah, probably, or, yeah about that, or get heading on that, you, you know. But, but again, we, we didn't know we were gonna do this interview. No, no, and then, you know, and then we connected. And yeah. I said, oh, it makes sense, because obviously I'm busy, you're busy. And, um, you know, I think, you, you know, that's interesting. So when you say, okay, you're a spiritual man, so the choices that you make in business, are they guided by some of that spiritual wisdom or you just go with intuition? It's funny because, you know, in the society world, we can sit back and say it's us because that's how the world works. Society says it's us. But in the spiritual world, it's God. And when you put those two together, you have to say it's you. But we give thanks to the Almighty One, right? Yes. It doesn't matter if you're you're a Christian, it doesn't matter if, whatever religion, because I'm not, I'm not any religion, I just believe in God, period, love, love is key, one love, yeah. yeah, but how it works is that people are the vessel, you know, and when people shut, like how the world's doing it today, they're trying to shut off people, and shut off the messages, but if more people could say, okay, hi, how are you doing, mm -hmm then it's like a virus going out there of love. But the more people say, hey, I hate you, there's still the virus going out there. And that's how our world is starting to become. We're, but, but my goal is to bring back the love. And give you know, it. it's, it's so interesting because, you know, it, because of my, obviously my theme of authenticity. And I, you know, I often say, you know, I grew up in Trinidad, right? You walk past somebody, you never, you had, you said hello. It was, was it? good morning, good afternoon. Hello, auntie. Hi, hi, uncle. Respect, right? And I think it's something that's such a basic thing, but it's such, it's such a nice thing, right? Like you said, like you, you know, when you see someone and they, even if they give you a half a smile, that's like a hug, right? Uh -huh. And it makes a difference in the world. And you're right. It's kind of that energy that we're putting out there. And I think the world needs more authenticity. We need to be real. We need to let people know what we're really about. Um, and, you know, like you said, love, right? To be, to, to be kind and gentle and compassionate in the world, that energy, the more of that you put out there, how much better is it concern, uh, concerning what the kind of things are going on in the world? Exactly. Well, the problem is, is that people don't believe 
that their voice is powerful enough. They always say, okay, if I say hello or I open the door, so what? That doesn't mean nothing. But it does mean something because you're putting that out there. Mm-hmm. And that's actually creating a, a spiritual level for your day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you're miserable for the day, then you're all going to be miserable for the evening. If you're going to be miserable for the day and all of a sudden you change it into a spiritual connection and say, okay, you know what? I'm not doing that today. And your evening's going to be a lot better. Right. I know that sounds strange, but that's life. But it's so, it's so true, though, because what happens is if you're, if you're in that mode, then you're not going to, you know, go do the things you need to do. And you're not going to see possibilities, you know, um, open. Because if you're in that state, you're thinking negatively and you're not thinking about, you know, I got to follow through. I, got, I was supposed to follow up with this person. I was supposed to connect with this person. And when you kind of lift yourself and say, hey, I'm not having a good day, but I'm going to do it anyway. What happens is you feel better. And you get lifted up. Absolutely, because you may have maybe had a nice conversation with somebody or you ran into somebody at the bank and they, you know, you chit-chatted about nothing. And before you know, you're like, oh yeah, by the way, what was I, what was I upset about? I forget. Exactly. So that's what I do with my music. When you hear my music, it puts a smile on your face Mm -hmm. because the message is strong. I'll have some party tunes. I'll have some, some Jaja tunes, spiritual tunes. Um, even some gospel tunes, but love is love. Overall, I will not put any slackness, any badness. Through my 20 years, I have not recorded any slackness, Hmm. badness, swearing, nothing. That's not me. Now, most of the time in the industry, they always say, you know, Casper, I mean, I've, I've had contracts, no word of a lie, that came up to me from Jamaica, New York, whatever, in the States. We're talking huge amount. I won't say, but huge amounts to do that. And I just stayed with my own label because I didn't believe in that. Mm-hmm. That was hard and it is still hard. But at the end of the day, I still keep my, my overall uh, respect. And authenticity. You're, you're, what you're saying is you could have gone off the beaten path because, but you decided that this is what you're about. This is, this is, the, this is your space. Yeah. Right. And well, I figured if I did anything stupid just for the money, then all those albums that I ever preached about in my music and the messages would all just fall away because people would be like, okay, he's doing this, but last year he did this. Mm-hmm. I try to stay fluently focused on everything I do. So back to the writing stuff, and I'm sure it's the same with you, is I am very very critical and very spiritually connected to write my songs because they got to be right before I push them out to the world. Uh, If it's, you're going to cry to my song, you're going to be emotional. You're going to be happy and be whatever. Most people that hear my music say, Oh my God, I can feel your pain. See, when you heard me perform on Nikki Clark, what was your first thing? Yeah, I was struck with emotion. Like, I mean, and I think that's, you know, when an artist does that, I I mean, I remember the words and I can't, I'll be honest with you, but it's the emotion that it brings up in you. And then you're you're, you're struck with it. And then you're like, you're connected then. You are connected, truly connected then. And then you open up your heart because it's touch. You're, you're singing about something that touches in me, a memory that I've had. 
And then I think of it, where it takes me. And if, if that happens to say even a, a third of your audience or 50% of your audience, and they're going to a space of vulnerability and, and um, wanting something better in the world. And exactly. like you said, energy, what happens? It goes out from there, right? And I think at the end of the day, I think you're right in saying that we're only one person, but you never know who you're going to impact. Well, you never know. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like lyrical content is key to the world. You know, you're going to sing about badness, bad things are going to happen in the world. You're going to sing about goodness, great things are going to happen in the world. That's the bottom line. That's why I say an artist or even someone that writes books, anyone, anyone that speaks about it, that we have a powerful tool to send out a loving message to the world. Mm -hmm. So for any beginning authors or artists out there, um, if they, you can give them one tip, maybe they've been thinking about writing and they're, you know, they just haven't taken that step. What would be one or two good tips that you could give them? Well, the first thing I would say, stop thinking about it and just okay. do it. Like, okay. like Nike said, do it. Get past the fear, the doubt and say, everything will work out. So what you do is, from my experience, is you go with your idea. It could be the most over-the-top craziness. I've had some crazy ideas over the top, and every goal I've ever set up, I've always got it because I did it. And I didn't just do it from doing it for six months to, I always, I'll wait till two years, three years until it's done, until I get it. Mm -hmm. Most people don't want that. They want it fast, especially today in, in the kids' world, the youth world. But idea is the key to your, your, your product. So first thing is, as you probably know this very well, is the idea, going through it, getting it all done, getting it right, and then product is key because now you need something, a brand to sell. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Correct? Absolutely, absolutely. So you now gotta sit back and say, okay, is my brand right right now? My book, my CD, my product. Because we just, Casper's is the product. Ron Tuttle's the key of the business. Mm -hmm. You know, so product is, is key to it. Like I said, book, CD, DVD, it doesn't matter what it is. It's key to get that product first. And then you can step in the industry of whatever industry you're, you're dealing with. But you got to make sure that your product's solid. See, when I first started in mine, my product, I wasn't sure about because it was my first product. I was scared. I had tears come to my eyes. Everything. <laughs> I pushed it, though. Yeah. I pushed my first album. And this never happens much, but the first pushed my first album and that album became award-winning for Toronto International Dance of the Year two years after I pushed it. So wow. 2000 I pushed it but 2004 is when it won the award. Imagine that. So that takes a lot of follow-through and um, vision and daily steps of, of getting it out there. <sighs> Drive, motivation, persistence. I mean, I'm a persistent man. If, if, if I, wanted, I want something, I want to do something, I'm going to get you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They would say, hey, how'd you get this guy? How'd you get this guy? How'd you get this lady? Whatever. It doesn't matter how I got you. It matters I got you. Mm -hmm. Because 
that's the key to success. Because mm -hmm. people are busy, but at the end of the day, if you come with the right stuff, some people will go and say, hey, you know what? I'm not busy enough to not hear that or listen to that. Yes. Now you've intrigued my ears, mm -hmm. intrigued my sense, my eyes, mm -hmm. you know? That's the key. So back to product is the key. Product. So get, get, uh, get what prepared. Well, it's, it's true because um, I work with a coach and she says it's um, um, ready, aim, get ready, uh, then aim and fire. Well, that's right. a game. That's the yes. same thing. Yeah, same concept like your game because it's you can't target. go out there. You can't go out there until you know what you're about. And when know you your don't target. Have, yeah, you don't know your brand. You don't know who your target market is. All those things, you know, whether it's in business or in speaking um, or coaching like I am, at the end of the day, you can't go to the market without knowing what your brand is and what your brand identity is. And then it, again, at the end of the day, who your target market is. And once you're able to do those things, then you, you, you know, you find not everybody's going to want to deal with you, but that's okay. But then you're going to position yourself accordingly to get the people that want you in their lives. They will, they will join your tribe. But it, it's, it's kind of funny that way because when I first was talking about what we we're talking about, you're right. Not, many people want to deal with you not everyone wants to deal with you but if you do it right those same people deal with you mm -hmm. like i remember i've had nomination awards that the same people that dissed me and said okay blah 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 are the same people imagine this that shake my hand and is presenting me the award <laughs> it's crazy yes that's that's got to be powerful it's powerful and it's a true story yeah you know what i mean and being white, we've got to, to, to push that a little bit further because there's not many of us in the scene, especially in Canada. Mm -hmm. I think two of us, it's no one me, right? Oh, there's two, that's just two, wow. So, I mean, that's really doing it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's the power of it all. Like, so we're making history. People say that's a legacy leaving behind, Casper legacy, or even your legacy, right? Mm -hmm. We are here to to teach and inspire the people, correct? Absolutely, you know, one, one go around, one voice, and so long as you're making that in line with what you wanna get out in the world, which is truly what I hear is it's about spreading love versus, uh, versus love. hate, yeah? And, and recognize that we have all the gifts all around us, but you know, it's, it's, it's what you do to recognize that we really have everything, we are abundant. You have the gifts. But you have the tools. Everybody can do what I do or you yes, do. It's, for sure. It's just having the persistence, the motivations, and the product, and, and wanting to do it. Mm -hmm. If you want to sleep, that's fine. Some people say, you know, how do you do it, Casper? Well, I'm up at three in the morning sometimes, doing <laughs> whatever. Right, right. But by the time I'm done, as you're sleeping, I've created and I've actually got what I needed. Absolutely. That's a real business person. Yes, you do it. You, you do it till it's done. And you, you know, and it's hard work. Yes. And it's persistence and it's stepping into the courage, like you said, right? Like we all have fear well, when you're doing something, but it's, you know, it's feeling the fear like they see in doing it anyway. Now, I know you have a big event coming up in uh, Mississauga and it sounds very exciting. And it's uh, huge. so tell, why don't you tell the listeners about it and tell them 
um, tell them where they can get a hold of you if ever um, people are wanting to, maybe there's people on here that mm -hmm. might listen, might want to hire you um, to perform or just to um, be able to get more on, your, on you and your new music. Where can they get a hold of you? They can get me at www.caspermusicwithak.com. So that's www.caspermusic.com. And everything's there on my right, all my social media, everything's there. So they can contact me anytime there. They can get me on Twitter, they can get me on Facebook. It's all there. Okay, so tell, talk about Karasaga and what you're doing Kara there. Karasaga is huge because yes. I got to be up to one Nikki Clark for that because she linked me up. Um, I did a Bob Marley tune for her. Um, as you know, her brother passed away. And yes. I did a song for her. I recorded a studio session for it, but I didn't know where it was gonna go, right? I just gave it to her and she loved it and Oh wow. It was a spiritual moment, right? But then she introduced it to um Juliet, Julie, uh, that puts on the Karasaga Jamaican Pavilion. And she told me to call her and I called her, boom, boom, boom. And before I knew it, I was on the show because they love they just loved me, right? Nice. And not only I was on the show, but it, we were supposed to do, you know, the tent, but I wanted the big stage. So they got me on the big stage for the opening night. And the cool part is, my feature is my daughter. She's going to sing the hook about Marley. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. It's not amazing when, you're, when your children get involved. How old is your daughter now? She's 10. She's 10. My son, um, actually, when I launched my book, um, the night of the event, um, he actually uh, read all the acknowledgments uh, yes. to a room full of like 200 people. It was absolutely amazing, amazing to watch. And uh, just, you know, it made my night, you know, I, I know it was a big night for me, but just seeing him uh, do that was so special. So I could just imagine what that's going to be for you. And I hope to, so Karasaga is a huge cultural it's, event in Mississauga, Ontario, for anybody listening. Um, and um, I'm representing the Jamaican Pavilion. Right. It's and it's a Bob Marley theme. Awesome. It's at the Hershey Center, May 25th. I'll be on stage 7.30. I'll be on stage at 8 till 8.30. So I'm doing almost a half hour set. Um, and um, it's at 5500 Rose Cherry PL Mississauga. So okay, awesome, awesome. So um, I will, I'm definitely gonna try to be there, and, uh, there. and listen and, and uh, you know, bring some of my family because I, you said that there's also a big uh, Trinidadian pavilion, which is excellent. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm sure we'll all want to, um, and most of my family live in Mississauga, so, which is great, which, which is not far. So you have the information of who yes. to contact, correct? Yes, I do. I do. Okay. So Casper, this has been amazing. You know, I, I never thought of the, I mean, I know about the parallels of creativity, but when I hear, um, you know, whether I've, I've interviewed some, you know, huge, uh, authors and speakers, um, in my, in my show and really, it, it, the parallels are the same really around um, creativity, which is it's it just is. awesome, you know, which is again, quietening the mind, um, you know, the, the, the downloads come following, following your passion and being truth and authentic to your voice, which is there and it's coming from somewhere bigger.
Yes. Well, I hope I inspired you, viewer, your uh, listeners. And um, I'm just honored that you actually put a recording artist on. That's, I mean, I'm well, you're going to be the first, so we'll see. Maybe we'll get some more. You never know. Um, but really, at, at the end of the day, the message, right? And I think what I like about, um, you know, obviously it's Caribbean music, which you know I grew up um, with as you know from a baby, yes. and I love I love reggae um, and I love soca and I love calypso, but I also like the fact, you know, that uh, to actually talk about the difficulty that you've had um, in breaking into an industry, the, which is of, oftentimes the opposite. We often talk about, you know, um, you know, non-white people having issues, but mm -hmm. I think it's the music industry, like you said, music has no color. It doesn't, and, and I've, I'm finally showing the world that a lot, because I've done a lot of interviews through the globe, right? And they have the same, same, same thing How'd you do it? You're white. I mean, that's the first thing. Right. No, I know <laughs> you don't want to come off that way, but I mean, right. It's true, right? And I, I, I don't put offense to it because I look at it as like, it's okay because I'm where I'm at, I am because of that. Well, and it's powerful because it, it's teaching, I would think, if you can inspire, inspire young people to not be focused on what they look at, but to love what they do and follow their passion, then in my opinion, you've done a big service to the world with your music. So thank you for that. Um, thanks for taking the time and um, I will see you, I will see you in May. Yeah. So, so for all my listeners, again, thank you so much for tuning in uh, to Authentic Living with Roxanne. If you're wanting more information on my services, you can go to roxannedurhodge.com forward slash courses where I have a free course that you can sign up for and um, I hope that you enjoy it. Okay, take care and we will chat with you soon.